Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Finally, time to say it. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. A lot of things going on in the news that we will talk about during the next couple of hours. And as always, your input is welcome. Coming up, we, of course, will have all the latest going on with the Middle East. Some of the latest headlines developing there as really the world stands by waiting for what will be a ground invasion from Israel in the West Bank. This is going to be a very interesting situation and to see whether there is the ability to keep this thing from expanding beyond the area that we have seen the violence thus far. We also have a very disturbing warning out of the State Department. This warning is about travel Americans traveling overseas we will tell you why this is going out and why this is so unusual we also have the speaker saga going on in fact some breaking news on that we will address in just a couple of minutes we will get perspective on this from congressman Ralph Norman a reliably conservative member of the House of Representatives he will join us in a bit also Ron DeSantis making a stop here in the Carolinas, specifically in Rock Hill. He is continuing his effort to become the nominee for President of the United States. And it's quite interesting. One of the things you will hear is what I think is a pretty frontal assault on the presidency of Donald Trump. We will tell you what angle he is taking on that particular subject. We also have Faith Focus Friday on the subject of grace. And here's a little bit of a teaser. The headline for this, grace is not a message. Hmm. What does our friend Dr. Steve Crosby mean by this? I fully get it. And we're going to share it with you coming up on Faith Focus Friday. I want to begin with some breaking news, and we'll have more on this coming up in just a little bit. It looks like it appears that Patrick McHenry, the Speaker Pro Tem, is gaveling the House into session, and allegedly we will have another vote. By the way, we need to correct some information that was put out there yesterday. Yesterday, we told you during the broadcast, there was a story put out that what was going to happen was Jim Jordan was going to withdraw. He was going to throw his support behind Patrick McHenry as temporary speaker until January. That has proven to not be the case. Now, we are on the cusp of another House vote on the nomination of Jim Jordan to be Speaker of the House. He is continuing his fight. Now, if you remember what happened last time, he lost two votes over the previous vote. So it's going to be interesting to see, can he turn the tide? Can he move those numbers? Can he pull off basically what Kevin McCarthy did and just keep voting and voting and voting until he wins? Is that in the cards? Also, here's the breaking news part. Right before this broadcast, I was listening to a news conference, a live news conference from Hakeem Jeffries, who is the minority leader in the House. I heard his comments on this because one of the things that's so important here, as much as this sounds really silly when you have a House controlled by Republicans, 
the Democrats could very well play a significant role in this in any number of ways. Basically, Hakeem Jeffries says all options are on the table, which includes the possibility of a temporary speaker. And he says that Patrick McHenry's name is not the only one on the table. Isn't that interesting? Here's the other thing, which is largely political and frankly, just out of the book of stupid. He was basically calling for new leadership in the House that would return to traditional Republican leadership. Traditional Republican. In other words, they're looking for a wimp. They're looking for somebody who's going to continue to tax and spend just like they do and not push back on any of their nonsense. He also talked about leadership that does not include people embracing extremism. Now, it's really choice that you would have somebody who's talking about embracing extremism when you have nut jobs like Rashida Tlaib, who is basically supporting terrorists within his own group of Democrats. That's extremism. But I digress. That's the latest on that situation. We'll come back to this in a few minutes. As I mentioned, we will have a conversation with Ralph Norman, who represents the 5th District of South Carolina. He will join us to talk about what's going on with the speaker race. I want to begin with some good news because we need it. Charlotte Observer reporting on new jobs coming into North Carolina. It's a Canadian manufacturing company bringing $200 million. IPEX is the name of the company, Canadian manufacturer of thermoplastic piping systems, expanding its presence in North Carolina with a new 200,000-square-foot facility in Pineville. The company's building is its U.S. flagship for manufacturing. The largest investment for IPEX so far. The molding facility also is bringing 150 jobs to the town in southern Mecklenburg County. CEO Alex Mestris said in a news release that the facility is important for IPEX's growth strategy for North America, which includes expanding in the U.S. The work in Pineville will increase production fittings for plumbing, electrical, industrial, and municipal locations. Now, IPEX has been in the Pineville area for more than 20 years. They started with an extrusion plant and distribution facility in the town, then added the new molding facility. A grand opening was held this month for that building. And the company was awarded $345,000 grant from the state for training programs at CPCC. Some of these areas for training include safety, engineering, and computers. That's a really cool partnership to hear about. So, good news to report. More investment. Just another example of the ripe business environment here in the state of North Carolina, which is good for all of us. It's good for us in terms of the jobs created, the financial investment, and as you also heard, this is good for our young people who are able to learn trades and other things that will be helpful in their future careers. So this is pretty awesome stuff. Coming up, we will delve right into the Middle East crisis, talk about some of the headlines that are developing there. Also, the worldwide alert that has been put out, this is not a good sign. And I would dare say, and I've warned you about this for quite some time, This is going to be a very dangerous time for America up until January of 2025. So we'll jump right in and talk about this much more as we continue. Back on our Friday edition of the Vince Coakley Radio Program, watching... Very rapidly developing events that are going on around our world. 
of course, a lot of attention focused on the Middle East and also attention in our nation's capital as we await the appointment, the vote on a new Speaker of the House. Is it actually going to happen? The other interesting thing, have you noticed? Nobody else seems to be stepping up to the plate to try to campaign for this thing. I mean, right now, you've got Jim Jordan, who's trying to become Speaker. But nobody else. Nobody else. And I don't think that's a coincidence. We'll talk more about this coming up in a conversation with Ralph Norman, who represents South Carolina's 5th Congressional District in the upstate of South Carolina. Middle East headlines. Biden saying support for Israel and Ukraine is vital. By the way, did you watch the speech yesterday evening? I got to confess to you, I did not. I, what was I doing? Oh, I knew what I was doing yesterday evening. Did not involve watching watching the president at all. If, if you have some thoughts about it, one way or the other, I'd love to hear from you. You can inform me. I, yeah. And just so you know, this is not a partisan thing for me. Most of the time, I really don't care for presidential speeches. Because a good part of the time, it's nonsense or boring or both. And some of these folks will just babble on and on and on and on. And say a lot of nothing. Especially Joe Biden. So... I'm just saying. U.S. leadership holds the world together, you think? One columnist saying this was the best speech of his presidency. Hmm. The chaotic urban hellscape that awaits Israel in Gaza invasion. Boy, can you imagine? These folks really are about to step into a real mess. I would not want to be in that situation at all. Is the Iron Dome getting overstretched? Reports on the hostages in Gaza. We're told a majority of those hostages are alive. Well, that's good to know. A poll. Most Israelis think Netanyahu responsible for failing to prevent attack. That's certainly understandable. Don't be surprised, by the way. Let me add a prediction to something I've said before. Don't be surprised if this is the end of the road for Netanyahu. I don't think it's going to happen immediately, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, depending on how this goes, maybe he'll get kind of an extension. But I do think there's a lot of disappointment with his administration based on the events of the past few days. Hamas terrorists used weapons from, guess where, North Korea. And they took drugs to rage. Experts fear new surprise. Drones attack U.S. military base in Syria. Rockets hit Iraqi installation housing Americans. Navy warship near Yemen intercepts missiles. The reckoning coming for Qatar. (laughs) And I think the reckoning coming for America. You know, one of the things that... And I'll just say this, because I think it's important to understand. We really do need to come to grips with who we are dealing with in the Middle East. This is a defining issue. When we watch what is going on with Israel and even Saudi Arabia, where you saw that they were potentially about to make a deal, some sort of new peace agreement with Israel, when push really comes to shove. You have to understand that these Arab countries are generally going to stand together. And it's not just an anti-Israel thing. You have to understand we cannot depend. I don't think we can depend on any of these countries. I think it's foolish of us. You know, all economic investments and military assistance aside, the bottom line is we're on our own. And we better start making our own plans in terms of energy supplies, 
and go with the expectation we will have no support in the Middle East. That's what I think. And we have this disturbing element from Semaphore. By the way, an official in Israel now saying that the IDF has been given the green light to move into Gaza. So it looks like this could happen at any minute. U.S. Department of State issued a rare worldwide caution alert urging any American who is overseas to exercise increased caution due to increased tensions in various locations around the world, you think. The U.S. said there's also an increased potential for terrorist attacks, demonstrations, or violent actions against U.S. citizens. As you know, the U.S. Embassy in Beirut urged American citizens yesterday to make plans to leave the country as soon as possible while commercial options are still available. You would not have to tell me twice. There's intensified fighting near Israel's northern border with Lebanon. The NBC saying in an emergency alert, we recommend U.S. citizens who choose not to depart prepare contingency plans for emergency situations. The U.K. and Germany issued similar warnings to their citizens. As part of the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas around the Gaza Strip, the Iran-backed and Lebanon-based militia group Hezbollah has recently fired rockets at some northern Israeli towns. Their concerns that tensions with Hezbollah could escalate, expanding this conflict into a regional war. Protesters gathered outside the U.S. Embassy in Beirut earlier this week after an explosion at a hospital in Gaza. Palestinian officials said an Israeli airstrike caused the blast. Israel blamed a failed rocket launch by the Palestinian Islamic Jihad group. Now, the U.S. had previously urged Americans not to travel to Lebanon due to the unpredictable security situation related to rocket, missile, and artillery exchanges between Israel and Hezbollah or other armed militant factions. How many of you were thinking about an excursion to Lebanon? <laughs> I cannot imagine that that's been in your plans. Certainly not mine. Still to come in the broadcast, we'll talk about the ongoing speaker saga. Jim Jordan, as we mentioned, is still in it. He still would like to be Speaker of the House. Is this going to happen? And if not, what are the backup plans? What are the other things that these Republicans are discussing behind closed doors? We'll get some insight on that from Congressman Ralph Norman as we continue the Vince Coakley radio program. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And we are back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program at 35 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. So what in the world's going on in the nation's capital? What in the world is going on with the House? You have Republicans in charge. They cannot agree on a leader. Kevin McCarthy has been booted. Now we have Patrick McHenry, a progressive Republican from here in North Carolina, who has the gavel just temporarily, and some would like to empower him. So... What's going on with the effort by Jim Jordan to become speaker? Is this going to get more traction today, or will he lose even more votes? Let's get some perspective on all of this by our good friend just south of the border, Congressman Ralph Norman, representing South Carolina's 5th District. Good morning. Welcome back, sir. Glad to be with you, Vince. Well, I want to jump right in and ask. I know there are so many people who would have loved to have been flies on the wall watching what was going on with the Republican conference yesterday. Uh, bottom line here, what do you think is going to happen today? Will we see uh, Jim Jordan be able to cross the finish line today? Well, Vince, here's, here's what's going on. We're voting. We just had a quorum call. We're voting for the third time. The conference was interesting yesterday. Tempers are flaring. But um, the, the bottom line is, and you could tell from Jordan's press conference, uh, he is the nominee for the Republican Party. And he basically said today, we're having the third vote. We're urging him. I met 
Dan Bishop and I met with him yesterday, urging him to stay in this thing, have as many votes as it takes. If we we need to sit up here this weekend, all day and night if it takes it, and and vote. And what's interesting that your listeners may not know, it's not about Jim Jordan. I mean, the, the 17 that oppose him like him. Jim Jordan has got a great reputation. Is he a conservative? Yes. Uh, is he as far right as I would have him be? No. But he's straight up. He's honest. He's the second most powerful, uh, second most recognizable and like Republican across the country. And uh, so he's having the third vote, and I just hope and pray he will continue the vote. It took McCarthy 15 votes. And, you know, it's time for to put the American people first. The 17 that don't are not voting for him are mad. Well, I'm sorry, this isn't kindergarten. This is time to put a speaker in place that will unite the party. He'll be a great spokesman for winning the presidential election next year. And, and I, I'm confident it will happen as long as Jim Jordan wants to stay in the fight. And he's a fighter by nature anyway. Well, it's certainly good to hear that. Uh, what do you think it's going to take to get those votes from these holdouts? We the people. We the people. It's going to take your listeners to get on the phone. If you've got contacts, uh, I wish I could tell you the ones that have already switched. Look, at the, bo- the bottom line is money. Uh, I'm posting on my social media a text that I got early this morning that uh, demonstrates kind of what's happening in, in this capital. Uh, the status quo, the deep state, whatever you want to call them, won't control, and they're not giving up easily. I'm sorry. McCarthy, I, and I did not agree with the eight. I didn't think the timing was right. I was the five, one of the five that held out until we got meaningful change. Nothing for Ralph Norman, nothing for South Carolina. This was, I mean, to, to have a budget, to have a put term limits up to things that help this country. Um, there's nobody that can say for the last 30 years that, the status quo has done a good job. Uh, no, they've lost $32 trillion for this country, and we're tired of it, and we want to change. Jim Jordan represents change. That's the fight that's going on, and I'm glad we're having it. You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think back to who it was who was talking about, oh, it was Chip Roy, who was talking about how many of these holdouts are connected to appropriations. So what you said about money is significant here. Because um, it's not going to be the same game, is it, if Jim Jordan is actually in charge? No, Jim Jordan is a principal. He will not, uh, he will not play financial games. Uh, he will, he, he's a hard worker. And the interesting thing, a lot of these people just want to keep their seats and their money coming to them. I'm going to post online where every, every one of your listeners can find out who gives all of us money, me included. And it will shock a lot of you that, uh, as an example, uh, Sam, Sam Bankman-Fried, uh, money that is a disgraced financier that uh, was world-known for the swindle he did, the money they, he got. It's all about money. And that's what it boils down to. And we, if we don't take a stand now, the deep state wins. I will, again, we will sit up here uh, as long as it takes to get Jordan in. Now, I hope he's got the stamina to, to do it. But his history says that he will. But it's, there's a lot of pressure, I'll be honest with you, with on him. And he's such a good man. Uh, so that's why we've got to do what we've got to do. I fully hear you. I, and I don't like to think in these terms, but worst-case scenario, this thing doesn't go anywhere. I mean, that's, the reality is he lost two votes this time around. Um, what happens if in the circumstances that unfold today and beyond – he ends up having to withdraw his name. Is there any scenario where you would support empowering Patrick McHenry or somebody else temporarily? No, sir. I would not be. And we, uh, the empowering the Speaker Pro Tem, which is Patrick McHenry, came up in in the, our conference last night, yesterday. And I know I'm opposed to that. It's time to pick a speaker. Now, if he wants to throw his hat in the ring, I want a conservative. I want somebody who will... Uh, really, that uh, Jordan never needed this, wanted this job. He wanted the judiciary job. In politics, you almost need people who don't want it. The money yes. doesn't get to them, and they're here to do a job. And it's for the country. Who can say that that this, the powers that be, have done a good job for for the country? I don't know if anybody can. 
I fully hear where you're coming from on this. We heard that there are other names out there. Can you reveal any of those other names beyond Patrick McHenry? Well, a lot of them have not agreed to it. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of people that want it. Um, you know, uh, and I hate to say names because they probably don't want to stir it, the pot up. Let them announce when, if and when it comes. But right now, the only man that's got 200 votes is Jim Jordan. And Jim is the one that uh, controls the, the votes. And I just hope uh, while his name, while he's the nominee, that he'll continue and vote as many times as it takes. Again, McCarthy took 15 times. And I don't care if it takes, and if he loses votes, that's fine. He's got 200. My odds are with any team that's got 200 players versus 17 against. I will take those odds all day long. I hear you. Congressman Ralph Norman, and again, we so appreciate your strong conservative stand, and not only that, just your partnering with other people like Dan Bishop right here in North Carolina to stand for uh, what we the people want for a change. So uh, thanks very much for joining us on the broadcast this morning, sir. My pleasure. Thank you, Vince. Ralph Norman, and that's just a an all-around good guy. You know, it's it's... It's so unusual, unfortunately, on Capitol Hill to have people you can call on and trust. I mean, I, I have a handful of people that I know in the House that I can reach out to if I want to get the straight, the straight scoop on what's going on. Uh, Ralph Norman is one of those people. He's a stand-up guy. Um, so we will watch, like everyone else, and see how this situation unfolds in the nation's capital today. Won't this be a blast? Much more as we continue the broadcast, including we will have some highlights from a campaign stop from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. You step outside, any doubt it's fall? (laughs) Wow. Chilly dreary just all around bad atmosphere (laughs) it's not the kind of atmosphere that uh makes you feel uh warm and fuzzy we'll put it that way but you know we can turn that around because it's also time for WBT's Talktoberfest 2023. You can join us every Monday and Wednesday night in October for a live interactive conversation with the WBT team on our Facebook live feed what we talk about, it's up to you. So just plan to ask any questions you may have. Grab a pint of whatever you'd like to drink or more than a pint. Join us at 7 o'clock Monday and Wednesday for Talktoberfest 2023 presented by Dry Otter Waterproofing. And can you believe, what is it, we just have two more weeks? Um, two, um, yeah, two Mondays? And one Wednesday left in October. Uh, this week, this um, this month, and this year have just zipped by. Just absolutely crazy how uh, time is flying by. Let's talk about the 2024 presidential contest. And as you know, for that contest, we've got candidates vying to become the nominee and they're going to have quite a bit of ground to make up between now and the early part of the year to try to become the nominee to defeat Donald Trump in the primary. That's the contest that is underway right now. As part of his trip to one of the early key states in this entire process, Ron DeSantis made a stop in Rock Hill, South Carolina. A hat tip here to Tracy Kimball, I believe from the Charlotte Observer, who provided the video that you will hear the audio from. Two events in Rock Hill for Ron DeSantis, a military veteran and the governor of Florida. He spoke first late afternoon at Veterans of Foreign Affairs Uh, Veterans of Foreign Wars, post-2889 in Rock Hill. We also have um, another appearance 
that he made. And the uh, audio that you're about to hear will address some of the key issues that are going on right now. The first one, and I think we've addressed this on this program because I've said this before. I think we're at a point where we have to completely divest ourselves of any funding whatsoever for Gaza. No funding for Gaza. We need to basically communicate to the people, listen, you have chosen Hamas. And I know people will say, well, that election was way back in 2006 or seven. It doesn't matter. You need to choose. Are you on the side of peace or on you, are you on the side of terrorists? As long as you are connected to terrorists in any way, you get nothing from us. I think this is a winning position. I, first off, this is the right thing to do. And second off, I think it is a winning position. Here's Ron DeSantis on this issue of Gaza Strip funding. Now Biden wants to send $100 million of your tax dollars to the Gaza Strip. Now they say it's for, quote, humanitarian assistance, but anything that goes there will be commandeered by Hamas terrorists. And oh, by the way, not only is Hamas a terrorist group, they have Americans held hostage right now. They have many more Israelis held hostage. Why aren't people demanding that Hamas release the hostages? I can tell you this, the policy should be very simple. Not one red cent to Hamas. Not one red cent to Hamas. I don't think you'll find many Americans who are going to disagree with that position. Right now, as I told you, there is a lot of drama that is um, swirling in Washington, D.C. It's at the nation's capital, circulating around the speaker's race. Right now, we have former speaker Kevin McCarthy. Let's listen in. This is an endorsement speech for Jim Jordan. Listen. He was a leader, a listener, and a fighter. We were actually elected to Congress that same year and became close friends. It was a small class. There was only 13 of us, one of the smallest Republican classes in modern history. Over time, we took different routes. Jim actually ran against me for leader in 2018. It was a hard-fought battle. But I never once questioned his skills or commitment to this conference or this country. After the race, I became leader and we had an opening for the ranking member on House Oversight. Jim didn't even, even apply for the job. I walked into steering. Didn't tell steering. I walked into the other room and I picked up the phone and I called Jim. I said, I know you're not running for the job, but I believe in what Jim Collins says in the book, Good to Great. You put the right people in the right seats on the bus. And Jim, you and I may have challenged one another, but you were the right person for that seat. And it was right when he took that job. It was right again when I asked Jim to step up and join the Intel Committee when Democrats put politics over people and turned the Intel Committee into an impeachment committee. It was right again when we asked Jim to step up and be the right person to lead Judiciary Committee as chairman. And Jim is the right person to take that seat behind me to be our next Speaker of the House. Mr. Speaker, we have an important job to do. The American people expect us to focus on the most pressing issues. We've watched what a Democrat majority has done and brought us inflation like we haven't seen since the 70s. We've watched what the Democrats have done by opening up our border, bringing fentanyl. You're listening to Americans Kevin McCarthy with a very uh, rousing speech in support of Jim Jordan ahead of a new vote. 
to see if Jim Jordan can actually become Speaker of the House this time around. And we will see how all of this unfolds, perhaps by the end of this broadcast. Maybe we'll have a vote one way or the other. Stay with us on the Vince Coakley Radio program, Faith Focus Friday, straight ahead. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And welcome to our number two of the Vince Coakley Radio Program. How are you? It is so bizarre watching the circus going on. I've been watching a little bit of the proceedings going on in the House right now. There are speeches. This is the nominating process underway in the House for the new Speaker of the House. And you heard from Kevin McCarthy before we went to break. Now there is, I assume, a nominating speech on the Democrat side. And I'm sure it's for Hakeem Jeffries, who is the minority leader, who is not going to get the votes necessary because he would need Republicans to flip. You know, there's a part of me that also says some of these Republicans may as well because they're they've been voting and working for the cause of liberalism for quite some time. I don't just say that this is not a. Uh, a statement that I make for entertainment. I'm not here just for amusement. I'm communicating fact. All you have to do is look at the voting records of so many of these Republicans. It's absolutely pathetic. But I'll get off that soapbox for now. If you'd like to join the conversation, the phone number is 704-570-1110. I mentioned to you that I did not happen to watch Joe Biden's speech yesterday evening. And again, if you did watch and you'd like to offer some insight or just your perspective and opinion on it, I would be glad to hear it. I was quite intrigued to read this morning. Where did I see this? There's a story I saw that apparently said that Brit Hume was saying that this was the best the best speech that Biden has delivered? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever he says. I have a great deal of respect for Brit Hume. Brit Hume is, is a good guy. He's a genuine, genuinely good guy. One of the best, if not the best, speeches of his presidency is what he actually said. So, alrighty then. Very different take on this from Alex Marlowe. From Breitbart, he is the author of a new book called Breaking Biden, which I may delve into at some point. Joe Biden gave a rare Oval Office address yesterday evening that began with a clear condemnation of Hamas terror, but quickly shifted focus to cynical politicking and narrative setting, even while Americans are still being held hostage. That is the perspective of one Alex Marlowe. Especially for those of you who did watch. I'm curious as to what you think of Alex Marlowe's perspective. By the way, we are going to come back to Ron DeSantis and his visit to Rock Hill. We will get to that and some additional content related to the speaker vote. But here are the takeaways from Alex Marlowe. He says the address was about Ukraine, not Israel. Wow. That's an interesting perspective. Alex says, I spent over a year trying to get inside Joe Biden's brain while researching for my New York Times bestselling book, Breaking Biden. And in that time, I learned a few of his moves. One of them, he tries to shift the political focus to something more favorable for him when his back is against the wall. That's what he tried to do. The dominant news cycle right now, radical Islamic terror directed at Israel is a terrible one for Joe. As I noted in an article earlier this week, Joe Biden has harmed 
harmed Israel numerous ways over his presidency and vice presidency, while simultaneously enabling terrorists and their funders. He's also clearly perceived as a weak target by our adversaries around the world. So the longer the media is focused on Israel, Jews, Hamas rockets, decapitated babies, and American hostages, the worse Joe is going to look. His political instincts told him to try to switch gears. He did that in his speech. It was not only clumsy, it was offensive. It was an attempted hoodwinking. The world thought the speech would be about Israel. He did talk about Israel. But the speech was really about Ukraine. He tried to connect Israel and Ukraine in order to suggest to Americans, if you support Israel's war for its own survival, you must also support limitless taxpayer resources being sent to Ukraine after those funds make a pit stop in the bank accounts of U.S. defense contractors, of course. He ended up saying nothing newsworthy about Israel or Hamas. Yet, he revived the Ukraine funding discussion. Yes, duplicitous Joe used dead Jews as an excuse to give a speech about Ukraine funding. From the Oval Office, no less. Earth to Joe! Ukraine and Israel are not the same. My colleague Joel Pollack beat me to the punch on this one. Israel is not Ukraine. Israel is a much closer ally. It is a democracy. And it has been for far longer than Ukraine. Its intelligence assists U.S. counter-terror operations. Its technology, like the Iron Dome, keeps American troops safe. Israel's taken bullets. Actually, Scud missiles for the U.S., allowing Iraq to attack it during the Gulf War without retaliating because the U.S. needed to keep Arab allies in its wartime coalition. Wow, I forgot all about that. Millions of Americans, Christian and Jewish, love Israel, visiting in the millions. The last point is crucial. Israel has been exemplary stewards of the Holy Land, a place where Jews and Christians alike make pilgrimages by the millions. This is fortunate for America. If Israel is wiped off the map, the stated objective of those who are at war against it right now, then the Holy Land will be in jeopardy. Ukraine is also one of the most corrupt countries in the world. Israel is not. That counts. We'll breeze through these other items here quickly. Joe's false construct tying Israel's survival to Ukraine spending. Of course, you know he's trying to get a joint package, funding package for both countries. This is just absolutely insane. Four, Joe wants more cash for the military-industrial complex. As I document in Breaking Biden, Joe Biden and his cabinet are in league with the military-industrial complex. None more so than his Secretary of State, Antony Blinken. Boy, this is a shocker. Blinken, who I refer to as the Secretary of Boeing, was the managing director of the Penn Biden Center, home of Joe's infamous classified documents, and co-founded West Exec Advisors, a boutique D.C. consultancy focused on advising companies on geopolitical risk and emerging opportunities. He also helped orchestrate the Russian disinfo hoax letter, they got the Hunter Biden laptop from hell censored before the 2020 election, along with 50 of his deep state buddies. You know, there, there's this guy so slimy. So slimy. Joe is thinking about a two-state solution and Islamophobia. The fact is, he's even bringing up the two-state solution debate right now, days after babies were murdered in their homes by Hamas, and while Americans are still hostage... Seems wildly out of touch. Sadly, it's probably not. These comments were likely a sop to the pro-Hamas faction of our society. A group of people who seemingly control many of our major newsrooms. Yep. It was another low point for the night. Joe scolded Americans for Islamophobia from two decades ago. Despite the fact that radical Muslims targeted Jews for torture, rape, and murder just this month. I know many of you in the Muslim American community are outraged, saying to yourself, here we go again, with Islamophobia and distress we saw after 9 I'm so sick of this stuff. Just shut the hell up. I'm glad I didn't watch this. I might have broken my TV. 
And I don't ever want to hear two-state solution ever again. Anybody who brings this up is a moron. Or completely wicked. Or both. We are back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Wow, this is Friday. It's supposed to be Faith Focus Friday, right? And there, this day is just zipping by so quickly. We will get to that shortly. Let's first go to a call from Jackie, who um, has some perspective on the president's. Good morning, Jackie. Hey, hey, Vince. Hey, how you doing, man? All right, sir. Hey, can you hear me? I've got you. Hey, man. Hey, the first thing I want to say is that statement you made about you're not here for entertainment, I think that was, a, that was an interesting statement. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, but one of the things I want to say, man, I, I started off listening to your show a few hours ago, and you indicated that you had not listened to, to the president's speech, uh, his president's speech. But then you, you, were, you, were, you were critiquing it and, and criticizing it even before you heard it. You said something about you don't listen to presidential speeches, you know? And for those of us who do, that's not that's not a good thing, man. We're supposed to always support our president. And uh, I think the speech, and, and, and it's amazing how supposedly intelligent people can, can hear the same speech and walk away with to- totally different opinions. That rant you just uh, uh, read from this, this Alex guy, that's not the speech I heard. I thought it was a very appropriate speech for a president. I thought he said the right things. I thought it was a good speech. So apparently Alex's okay. uh, ears are somewhat different than mine. Okay, and see, this is what's so important, though, Jackie. Don't you agree that people have very different different perspectives and they have different sensibilities they bring to this equation? And isn't it important for everybody to uh, I, to I, share that? I think you're right, Vince. But what happens is somebody like this Alex guy, who I don't know exactly who he is, but I think when I heard you reading that rant, I mean, it sounded like self-promotion to me. There, you know, freedom of speech in America is, is the greatest thing for, for most of us, and it's the worst thing for a lot of us because it gives <laughs> us the opportunity to talk about things that we know nothing about, you know? And uh, that's we very true. Our opinions out there and say crazy things, and you know this is the case. People say crazy things about things sure. they absolutely know nothing about. It's the ho- it's, it's the I slept at a, at, at a Holiday Inn syndrome. You know, <laughs> that, that, that my opinion that I know everything, and that's not. And we all know that's not the case, Vince. We got a lot of people out here giving their opinions, and they're doing it in a way that impresses people. But it's not yep. factual. It's not true, and it's based on more emotion than fact. I I could not agree with you more, Jackie. And I very much appreciate your perspective and your. Um, uh, what you've brought to the table here, which is certainly a much more generous perspective on our president. Look forward to hearing from you again sometime. I'm going to, what is this? Wow, this time is zipping by here. And so much I still want to get to, including Faith Focus Friday, which we'll try to get to in the next segment. I want to update you on a couple of things. One of them, the vote for House Speaker, is underway right now. Jim Jordan has 86 votes. Scalise, who is not running, has four. These are protest votes. McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, who has no campaign for Speaker, has one vote. Another protest vote. Mr. Hakeem Jeffries has 85 others stands at eight this is not looking good at this point for kev for uh jim jordan at all it's not looking good but as you heard from ralph norman a little bit earlier he says that this is a situation where jim jordan ought to just keep going multiple votes if necessary and if it turns out that it takes all weekend let's do it That may be what ends up happening here, that we see multiple votes. So that's the update. Uh, By the way, since we are there, why don't we next go to 
the former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. As you know, there's this idea that's been floated about giving Kevin McCarthy some additional powers and just keep him in office until January. This is one of the ideas that has been floated out there. But this idea is not one that is favored by one Nancy Pelosi. Here is what she had to say about the idea of an expanded role for the current Speaker Pro Tem. From the standpoint of the speakership, you really cannot give Mr. McHenry power. Someone suggested, well, just let him do this and let him do that. No, you have to make him speaker, and then he has the awesome power of the speakership. Question is, for how long? The longevity of it? My hearing is that it will be to the end of this session, so until the end of the year. Secondly, what is the legislative scope of it? What does it contain? And third, as the structure, what, do they do anything about the motion to vacate or uh, what we do about motions, other motions on the floor? So this is clearly Nancy Pelosi throwing cold water on the idea of expanded powers for the current Speaker Pro Tem. She's saying, you want to make him speaker, you just need to make him speaker. That's what needs to happen here. So, love to get your thoughts on this. Coming up, we have Faith Focus Friday. And we'll also hear the rest of the comments from the Florida governor visiting Rock Hill. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And we're back to the Vince Coakley Radio Program, 36 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. Let's get to uh, Faith Focus Friday. And this is an item that I really look forward to sharing. It's from my good friend, Dr. Steve Crosby. If there's one thing that's really made a huge difference in me in the last 15 plus years and the people I've connected to who have just uh, from a discipleship mentoring standpoint made such an extraordinary difference is this idea of incarnation and for those of you you know I don't I don't want to get bogged down in big words here but I, I do think it's very important to explain the importance of this incarnation is the idea you know it's it's you know the the name Emmanuel, which means God with us. It's about indwelling. It's about presence, about Christ living in us. See, a lot of people will talk about, well, you know, I don't need to be a Christian to be a good person. This is not about being a good person. This is about having the life of God in you. It's either in you or not. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. So, I think it was, I'm trying to remember whether it was C.S. Lewis or A.W. Tozer who communicated the idea that so many people live with the idea that somehow that if you understand the concept or the idea of something is the same thing as experiencing the reality of it. These are totally different things. So it's a difference between having ideas and actually having an experience, a relationship, an encounter, a reality. I think about this, and I think we gave some examples of this maybe on Faith Focus Friday or Transformation Tuesday, about this very important distinction. You know, would you, if you want to go flying, for instance, you want to go for a flight, do you want someone who's just read a book? And they've excelled in all of their studies on aviation. But they've never been behind the controls of a plane. Maybe they've even been in a simulator. Which is not a bad thing. But is it enough? You want someone who is hands-on. Who has been there, done that. 
who knows what they are doing. That's the way this thing works. So with that in mind, that may give you some help in understanding the significance of this post. Dr. Steve Crosby, the title of this is Grace is Not a Message. What do you mean grace is not a message? Steve says it's normal for folks to go from one extreme to another without some mature hands of guidance to help along the way. When someone comes out of abusive legalistic systems, they sometimes use language to explain their journey and relief at discovering the grace teaching or the grace message. I understand folks are trying to articulate a joyful experience at a language level. That's fine. But here are some cautionary observations from experience. First, grace is not a teaching. It's a state of being. It's the experience in time and space of the inter-Trinitarian life and love of God. You know, the key word there is experience. It's a reality. Second, you can be legal with grace. Oh my goodness, have I seen this. Especially when you think it is a thing, a teaching an ism replacing legalism with grace ism is not progress who third understanding the doctrine of grace and being a gracious person full of the overflowing life of God are two unrelated things some of the nastiness nastiest people I know are devoted to the grace teaching which of course is self-evidentiary that they do not know what they're talking about it's all intellectual Oh, my goodness, I'm thinking of things right now. Fourth, when you become an advocate for a thing, i.e. the grace teaching, the likelihood of idolatrous zealotry is always at hand. In my experience, it's inevitable. Like a former smoker or alcoholic, one can become obnoxious and judgmental toward others with the very thing that has benefited them and set them free. Fifth, these things are among the many reasons why many so-called organic churches or house churches fail. When we become advocates for a thing, devoted to a thing rooted in the absolute freedom, supposedly grace and one's rights to one's individual convictions, which must be maintained by others in the group, we are just a new brand of dogmatists. Didn't think about that one, huh? To insist on the absolute freedom of misunderstood grace without concern for the effects that has on other fellow members of the community is idolatrous and destructive. Just changing jerseys does not mean you're necessarily playing any better than the last game you played. <laughs> this is why many home groups have the seeds of their own destruction in the DNA of their foundation. It's still all about me and my new freedom that I found in the grace message. See that everyone is not only concerned with their affairs, but seeks the welfare of the other. That's what the scripture says. So the real manifestation of grace is our love for God and also our love and care for each other. It's not self-centeredness. It's not about self-actualization. Not about self-anything. Last line of Steve's post, love does no wrong to the neighbor. Sometimes that includes keeping our mouths shut <laughs> about the grace message. I cannot remember who it is who said that Preach the gospel. Use words if you have to. And I think this is so true. When you embody grace, man, that has a tremendous power. That's really where much of this battle is won. It's in who we are. How we manifest this life to those around us. It's not a message. It's a lifestyle. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on 
this Friday. An update for you. Things do not look good for Jim Jordan to become Speaker of the House. Here's the count right now as it stands. Hakeem Jeffries, 210 votes. Of course, he's not going to become Speaker. Jim Jordan has 192. Steve Scalise, eight votes. Kevin McCarthy, two. So already there are 10 votes basically just thrown away. These are guys that are not running. And they're clearly not going to win. They're not running. They're not going to win. So we're going to go on to apparently round four. If they're going to stay with this thing. And Jim Jordan is going to fight to the end. So that is an update. Presidential contest. In the previous hour, I think it was, we shared some audio from Ron Santos, who was in Rock Hill. And again, hat tip to Tracy Kimball for providing this video and audio from the stop in York County, South Carolina. There are a couple of other things he addressed, and I think this is one of the lines that really drew a lot of applause. It was on the subject of education and children. Here's Ron DeSantis. We're going to make sure that our school system focuses on educating kids, not indoctrinating kids. We're going to make sure the rights of parents are respected to direct the education and upbringing of their kids. And, you know, we got critical race theory out of the schools in Florida. I defeated Disney to get gender ideology out of the schools in Florida. We signed legislation to protect women's sports in the state of Florida. We're going to do that across the country. And we even had to sign legislation to prevent the sex change operations on the minors. It's mutilation and it's wrong. So we stopped it in Florida. And we'll do that for the country. And as you're listening to these comments, these are clearly... Uh, issues that uh, the base has been very concerned about and there's a lot of discussion about but in the state of florida you have ron santis and a legislature that has actually done things put things into law for the protection of children so it's not just a matter of having arguments or debates and taking down liberals we're talking about actual policy that's been accomplished which is a related subject where Ron DeSantis is drawing a distinction between himself and Donald Trump, the man he needs to beat in the primary. I think we're seeing more of Ron DeSantis directly taking on the former president in an area that I believe is very vulnerable. If people engage their minds, they will find that he's actually on the money here. There are a lot of promises that Donald Trump made that he has not kept. And he just brushed them off. So, in sharp contrast to an agenda where things were actually accomplished with legislative help, here is Ron DeSantis talking about things that were promised in the past and not done. Here is his uh, set of comments on keeping promises. Uh, and then I think you want somebody who, who has the track record of delivering on the promises. And, you know, I went to Trump's rallies in 16. I was excited about build the wall, have Mexico pay for it. Didn't deliver. Drain the swamp. Didn't deliver. Special counsel for Hillary. He said that. And then two weeks after the election, he said, ah, never mind, Hillary. I, he said he likes her. Now he says she's beautiful Hillary. That's how he refers to her. He's promising the same stuff this time, except the special counsels for Biden. So it's like, okay, well, wait a minute, you're running on the same stuff. You didn't do it the first time. You'd be a lame duck if you could even get elected and all that. Why not have give somebody a chance who is going to spit nails from day one, is going to be energetic, is going to be forceful, disciplined, focused, and deliver for you. It's not about me. It's about you. You see, and that's another important aspect of this. That is... He's saying, this is not about me. This is not about personalities. See, this is one of the huge issues. I think it's the elephant in the room. I think it's the whole basis of any effective effective campaign. This cannot be about 
any personality. If it's not about personality, if it's about getting things done, if it's about a real agenda being accomplished, then this is a hands-down contest. There's not much of a contest at all. If it's about personality, you'll get another result. Let's quickly zip through the day in history. Are you ready, Bernie? Let's do it, Vince. Let's do it. 1803. We have the Senate ratifying the Louisiana Purchase, which doubled the size of the country. Very significant event. 1818, the U.S. and Britain established the 49th parallel as the U.S. and Canada border. 1927, we have the first Model A car. It was produced, sold on December 2nd of that year. Which company did the Model A? Uh, would that be Ford? Ford is absolutely correct. All right. 1947, Congress investigates this political group in Hollywood. Who were they trying to root out? Mm. I don't know. Who is it, Vince? Communists. Communists, of course. Communists in Hollywood. I cannot imagine there would be such things out there. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> 1968, Jacqueline Kennedy married Aristotle Onassis. 1973, the special prosecutor is dismissed, prompting um, a new set of T-shirts. Oh, my gosh. I don't even want to read this. But which president got rid of the special prosecutor in 1973? Oh, um... Was Nixon president you in 73? better believe it. Right. It was Richard Nixon. All right. <laughs> I'm going to send you this line, and you will okay. understand why I did not read this on the air. FCC in regulations. Fact, gen- uh, well, events. it's kind of borderline. I just... Yeah, better w- safe than sorry. I would just rather not uh, <laughs> get the reactions from people. Who would probably be, Vince, I can't believe you said that on the air. I'm sure they'll call me, and I'll get to talk to them as well. You know, maybe I should do it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't do it, <laughs> 1977. Unfortunate date. Three members of Leonard Skinner die when their private plane crashed. Mm. And 2011, Libyan rebels captured this dictator. And um, Hillary Clinton was quite boastful about the fact that we wiped him out. Do you remember who it was? This isn't Saddam, is it? No, this is, this is Osama. Muammar Gaddafi. Oh, Muammar Gaddafi. 2011, gotcha. Libya, mm. where that took place. Uh, let's check out your musical expertise. What you let's got? see if you can recognize this very seasonal song. Um, and I cannot shut someone up here who should not be talking. Let's get rid of that one and that one and that one. All of these conspiring sounds and voices so that you can hear this particular song. Just imagine a cauldron right now. Mm. Oh, the Monster Mash. Monster Mash. Vince, of course. It's Halloween, essentially. A Halloween classic. Isn't it just wonderful? It is. Uh, a lot of people are going to be playing that <laughs> with the run-up to Halloween. Yep. My goodness, way too funny. And that ends our broadcast. By the way, I um, have to tell you, that song hit number one on the pop charts this day, 1962. Thank you for joining us on the broadcast. Have yourselves a great and awesome weekend, and God bless you. Adios.